This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Theory that most men have seen the notebook, Joe, it's not holding up well for me here whatsoever. My mentions at Amber W Sports. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. When we're taking polls here at ESPN Radio, it's not going well for me. Apparently, the notebook, uh, not as famous as a movie as I guess I thought. Well, yeah, that's like me asking, you know, how many females have seen Terminator 6? Like, it's probably oh, no, a little skewed be, on that audience as I well. Feel like, I feel like it would be like how many females have seen Terminator? Like, the original, not Terminator 6. Have you seen Terminator? Yes. Don't okay. ask me any questions about it. I, do I won't. I just it, wanted to know if you've seen then. it. That's cool that you've it. seen it. I feel like a lot of people have seen it, right? Back then. I mean, there's some movies that cross over. Now, The Notebook is super, super chick flicky. I just assumed that a lot of men had been roped into seeing it. Happy wife, happy life. Terminator also has a romance angle. I just want to make sure that's out there. For people who love chick flicks, you could make the case that Terminator does have a serious romance angle to it. Really hits me right, right in the heart (laughs) just every time. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. You know who I bet has seen The Notebook? Aaron Rodgers. And oh, then he probably go. sat in a room and he thought about the deep meaning that it had to his life and whatever impact it ha- will have on his decision making in the future. That's probably what he does after he sees each and every movie. And then he goes and sits in a dark room for four days and apparently he has emerged. What we do know is that Aaron Rodgers is, has done a lot of thinking. Because he certainly has had some time to. And you would think with the thinking that decisions have been made. What are those decisions, Joe? Well, we don't know. But we did hear from Aaron Rodgers that apparently a decision is coming. So there's that. This is from the Aubrey Marcus podcast. It's a very, uh, there's a finality to the decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't make it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it because I get asked about it. Um, I'm talking about it because it's important to me. You don't like it when you think it's drama, think I'm being a diva, whatever, then just tune it out. Mm -hmm. It's fine. (laughs) But this is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough, and then we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. That was an Aaron Rodgers watch. I mean, will he be really excited about it? Because he kind of just sounded like he was going to fall asleep on the couch eating nachos and, you know. He just came out of a cave, so he probably needs to reacclimate a little bit. I don't understand what he's saying, though. He said at the beginning there's a finality to it, and then he said, you know, when he gets to the decision. I, I don't. If you listen to it again, I'm not saying we have to play it again for anybody, but he says at the beginning. You know what? Please, let's play it again. Yes. This is what I want you to listen to. (laughs) At the beginning of this, he says there's a finality to it as if, and I'm interpreting this as I have made my decision. And then he talks about how he doesn't want to drag anyone, lead anybody on. No, he's saying there's a finality. You are are dragging it on. Right. He's saying there's such a finality to the decision itself, which almost makes you think that he's talking about retirement. Let's play it again. It's a very, uh, there's a finality to the decision. Mm-hmm. Every decision has a finality to it. And that's why it's called a decision. Anybody around. Look, I'm answering questions about it. Don't I don't drag anybody it. around? What um, are you doing? I'm talking about it because it's important to me. You don't like it when you think it's drama, you think I'm being a diva or whatever, then just tune it out. 
can tune mm-hmm. it out. This is what mm-hmm. we do for a living. This is my life. It's important to me. And I'll make a decision soon enough. And Will you? And we'll go down that road and be really excited about it. <laughs> so the he's... end of that just kills it. And be really excited about it. It's like, yeah, Aaron, you sound really jazzed up about whatever decision you are about to make, boss. I just, I just don't understand. Like, I'm rooting for the guy. I like the guy. He's great content. He's great to watch on the field. He's one of the all-timers at the quarterback position, and I'm truly very interested in where he's going to play next year. I hope he doesn't retire. I would be – the league's better with him in it. I mean, some of these games – we forget so much of this stuff happens in, in the offseason with his interviews and all of his off-the-field stuff that we forget about some of the stuff he's done on the field. That throw he made in the playoffs going against his body on the left side against the Cowboys boys years ago in the playoffs an absolute dime it's one of the greatest throws in nfl history that play to keep that drive alive and like i just i can't understand what the hell he's saying i want to buy in but it's like there's a finality to it it's like okay so you made a decision it's like well i'm not going to lead anybody on or drag it out it's like well if you made the decision then if you don't announce it you are dragging it out that runs counterproductive to what you just said and then at the end he's like well i'm gonna make the decision so what's going on so all he said there was that there's a finality to it well, he yeah, said nothing, I mean, I have to choose what, what I want to have for dinner. And once I pick the dinner, there's a finality to that, too. I have picked a cheeseburger. There is finality to that. I would argue there's not a finality to Aaron Rodgers' decision because his That's decision will only be effective for a year. So there's not really a finality to it because Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing this to us again in another year because this is what Aaron Rodgers does to us, right? There should have been a finality, you could argue, last offseason when he made a decision to come back to Green Bay and sign a a long-term contract. And yet here we are again a year later with multiple years left on his deal having the same conversation. So I'm not sure finality is uh, what Aaron Rodgers does exactly. He's going to make a decision for this upcoming season. And apparently he hasn't made that decision yet. I thought it was funny because in that bite he says, you know, I'm not dragging it out. I'm out here. I'm answering questions. It's like, well, what are your answers, dude? Like, what answers are you giving us? You just talked in circles about a whole bunch of hogwash and it amounts to nothing. I thought the whole point of the the darkness retreat was to maybe not the whole point, but part of it was to like figure out what you wanted to do and that when you emerged, you were going to have a sense of which direction you wanted to go. And then we all figured that we were going to hear that. I mean, maybe he's decided just like the Packers have decided, but they've got to put on this smoke show because you don't want to jeopardize like so many guys what? in the NBA from make Aaron, this mistake. Like they Aaron go out Rogers and they say they want to trade and then it costs the team a lot of leverage and then the team's upset because they lose out in the trade value because everyone knows the guy's going to be gone. So maybe they need to work through this. I don't know, but I I mean, it, it just, damn, it, listen, the, the Packers aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers until Aaron Rodgers says, you know, let's work together on a trade here, right? I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Like the second the Packers start shopping around Aaron Rodgers, everybody's going to know Aaron Rodgers is probably cool with going somewhere else and playing somewhere else. And so because of that, because they're not going to trade for a player who might retire because he's just so committed to being a Packer for life. The second they start shopping him. So I don't really know if it's like a trade value thing here that Aaron Rodgers is doing. I feel like everybody in the world, including Derek Carr, is just waiting for this dude to make a decision. Like if you're a Derek Carr, you've got to be sitting there like, bro, make a decision. What are you doing? Because it seems like every franchise, like the New York Jets, is saying, hey, Derek, we'll sign you, but... First, let's try this guy. Let's go after that dude who's won three MVPs. It's a reasonable stance to take. 
if the three-time MVP actually makes a decision at some point. Otherwise, you might end up, if you're the Jets, missing out on everybody. I mean, I don't see I don't see how these two are going to work together this season. I, I just I don't I don't see it. Like you had the GM yesterday who had every opportunity to say we want him back and he didn't say it. You had Rodgers today who's had every opportunity to be like, look, man, I know it's not perfect, but I love Green Bay. I want to finish my career there. Like he won't say it. So what's what like I, I get the hold up. You got to work through some dates and some money and find the right team and you got to work together on it, but I I don't I really don't think either one of them wants to work together. Do you? It doesn't seem like it anymore. I thought that he was going to most likely end up a Green Bay Packer again. I thought he was doing this whole song and dance. It was going to go right back to the same team as before, and we go through this again next offseason. I will say the tone of the Packers, though, has made me second-guess that. Coming up next, which quarterback should be taken first in the NFL draft? Joe and I are going to argue our cases. Jury duty is coming your way. This is ESPN Radio. Be really excited about it. Joe and Amber, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Durant 
has 12 points so far in his Phoenix Suns debut down in Charlotte against the depleted Charlotte Hornets. He's five of eight, two for three from three. The Suns are up 57-41 at the half. Joe's first pizza money. It's already hit. He tried to tell y'all. Devin Booker over five and a half assists. He already has seven in the first half. So let's try to do a little bit more of that for you. Let's hit another pizza money. Number three, you're coming your way. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. I mean, Dan Booker, that's the storyline right there. Somehow he's jacked up 12 shots in just over two quarters of play, and he's got seven dimes. Keep an eye on that. He might be a machine moving forward. All right, pizza money number three. On Wednesdays, we like to throw some golf futures out there. We're trying to hit some big paydays here. These are not full unit plays. These are half unit plays. So if a normal unit for you is $10, cut it in half at $5. Future number one for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which gets underway tomorrow in Florida at Bay Hill Club. Jason Day at 30-1. to Jason Day won this event back in 2016. He used to be an absolute freight train on tour and then disappeared for a while. But anyone who knows how to party in their 20s has heard about puking rally or booting rally. And Jason Day is through the puking. He is rallying. Four top tens over his last nine starts. Pizza Money number three, half unit wager. Jason Day, 30-1 to to win the Arnold Palmer. All right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to jury duty. This is jury duty with Joe and Amber. Jury duty on Joe and Amber. We bring in our judge, the Honorable James Steele. Oh, the Honorable James Steele. I mean, you're only honorable for like this particular segment, so... Another another shot, another poorly timed shot. Well, that's true. You know what? Your honor, you look so honorable today. Yeah, that's... I uh, I need to get better about kissing up to the judge. Very disingenuous. All right, so today... Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, the draft yesterday with uh, Mel Kuyper's Mock 2.0 coming out. So today we're going to be uh, deliberating on what quarterback should be the first quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. And the floor is yours, Amber. The first quarterback that should come off the board in this NFL draft is C.J. Stroud. And this hurts my soul to be arguing on behalf of C.J. Stroud because I do not like Ohio State. Frankly, I don't like like Alabama either. Uh, But I don't like Ohio State. However, C.J. Stroud, first and foremost, has the size. What concerns me a lot about Bryce Young is size. C.J. Stroud, 6'3", 218, we can gain some more weight when we get to the NFL level. I do feel like the mechanics are there as well. 8,000 yards and 85 touchdowns compared to just 12 interceptions in that 21-22 season when he became Ohio State's first two-time Heisman finalist. However, his best, I think, performance came in a loss. I think it was the most impressive thing he did, maybe in his entire college football career, is what he did this year against Georgia. A narrow defeat, but Stroud absolutely dazzled in that game. 23 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He used his leg on numerous occasions to extend drives. You saw every ounce of his talent in that game when the lights were the brightest, when the moment was the biggest against easily the best team in college football this past season. For me, it's C.J. Stroud going at number one if I'm a general manager. So, uh, 
I jumped on that. That's got to be something I do a better job. I apologize for that. I was out order of order, in the order court. there. Order in I was the out court. of order there. I apologize. I hope uh, throw my mercy, my soul, on behalf of uh, the great state here of Nevada. Apologies to all. Amber makes a good case. All right? I can't really sit here and, and, and shut down the C.J. Stroud case. I'll say two things. Number one, I talked to a general manager about that Georgia game. That Georgia game got people looking at him differently. That was a huge performance against an elite defense, and we saw what they did to TCU. But keep in mind, you needed that performance to get looked at differently because he wasn't looked at as favorably or nearly as favorably prior to that. The game before that against Michigan was a disaster, an absolute disaster on his own home field in the biggest game of the year. Then he got to the Georgia game, and keep in mind, keep in mind, in the most crucial of spots with a 14-point lead going to the fourth quarter, he led an offense that scored exactly three points the rest of the way and lost that game in the fourth quarter. So it was solid, but it wasn't all the way around perfect. Bryce Young has his deficiencies in terms of size, yes, but we've seen smaller quarterbacks come into the NFL and have success over the last 10 years or so, so I don't believe it's as much of a problem. Jalen Hurts played at Alabama. Tua Tungavailoa played at Alabama. Mac Jones played at Alabama. These are all guys that are starting in the NFL right now. Are they perfect? No. But when they're healthy and they're they're surrounded by some talent, they've all been making some plays. I mean, Hurts, for crying out loud, just went to the Super Bowl. You've got a guy in Bryce Young who doesn't bring any character concerns to the table. He doesn't bring any flaws from understanding an offense, working through his progressions, making plays, showing up on the big stage. None of that. It's just an issue of height. If you can get over height, you can go ahead and draft a really good quarterback. So Bryce Young is going to be the first guy or should be the first guy to go because he doesn't bring as much negative tape to the table as C.J. Stroud. All right. Uh, after a long and arduous uh, deliberation process. How could that have possibly been a long deliberation? Joe just wrapped up his case. <laughs> All right, Amber. <laughs> Hold on. Maybe we, we might need to deliberate a little more over here than uh... <laughs> No, no, no. Go with what you were going to say oh, the first no. time. Oh, hold on. Maybe, maybe no, some no, more deliberation no, no. is needed. No, deliberation's know. over. All right. Well, long and arduous deliberation <laughs> process, even though Amber disagrees with us. The court rules in favor of Amber. We Yay. like C.J. Stroud as the best quarterback in the draft this year. I'm all right I, with that one. I will say it's funny because Joe was making the argument, the comparisons to the other Bama quarterbacks. It's one of the knocks for me against Bryce Young is that he's an Alabama quarterback. And just generally, I don't think of Bama quarterbacks panning out in the NFL, which is very depressing for me to say as a Dolphins fan, because I recognize that my future of my franchise rests on an Alabama quarterback. But they don't tend to be quarterbacks that... I think are necessarily going to pan out because Joe, it feels like Nick Saban has such a good system there at Bama that he doesn't necessarily need the Joe Burrows of the world to elevate his system. It's such a successful team that I feel like a lot of Bama's quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. Ooh. <laughs> Did you see the games when um, Bryce Young was hurt this year? Yeah. That game against who was it? LSU. That offense stunk. And the year before when Mac Jones went down and Bryce Young stepped in, they did not do very much. Those guys need time in the system to play well. I mean, what's the problem with Tua? You're a Dolphin fan. What's the problem? Well, and, and, and listen, and I'm not saying Tua won't pan out, but just it, it, even beyond Tua, I'm talking about traditionally speaking, I don't think of Alabama well, let's, okay, as... Okay, let's work through them then. You know, let's work through them. What's wrong QBU. with Tua? Uh, what is wrong with Tua? I would say before this season, I was concerned about arm strength. I'm not so concerned about any of his mechanics anymore. I'm not concerned about his decision-making. His accuracy is great. What I'm concerned about at this point is purely durability. And right, so that yes, has nothing concussions to do with play into that and, and the hip injury and everything else. That but I'm that more concerned about. that has nothing to do about. with Alabama, right? 
Right, but I've also okay. seen it all come together in a small snippet. Sure. Like it was it was a snippet of a season that we saw Tua look really great. The previous and when you gave years, him good coaching, when you gave right. him good coaching instead of incompetent coaching, good coaching and a weapon and around weapons. him in Tyreek Hill, he played really well. What's wrong with Mac Jones? <laughs> I mean, I his it, listen his rookie season he did okay, right? He has Robo no alternate. good wide receivers, no good. His leading receiver this year was a running back, and his offensive coordinator was a defensive coordinator. That's true, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if it gets better this upcoming season. Jury duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. Neither of those guys, though, exactly. Uh, Joe Burrow up in here, at least not yet. Coming up next, speaking of quarterbacks, how much quarterback movement is there going to be this offseason? Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Field Yates has an article on the dot-com, Joe, predicting all 32 NFL teams starting quarterbacks for 2023. So he goes through every team in the NFL. He tells you who he thinks the starting quarterback is going to be next season. First and foremost, I think the thing that jumped out at me right away and actually jumped out at James Steele right away when we were talking about this before the show is the lack of quarterback movement generally that he has going on. We know some of these pieces are going to move. Obviously, Derek Carr has to move, right? He has Derek Carr ending up with the Panthers. However, a lot of these teams that you wonder, are they going to be looking a different direction at quarterback, end up with the exact same quarterback, which I'm not positive he's wrong. Like Lamar Jackson is a Baltimore Raven uh, on this list, according to Field Yates. Kyler Murray is the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. The Atlanta Falcons stick with Desmond Ritter as their starter on this list. Uh, That was an interesting one. We know that there's certain quarterbacks like Josh Allen, obviously. Justin Fields even seems obvious at this point that the Bears are going to trade out, that they're going to rock forward with Justin Fields. So there's a lot of teams that we would expect to not have the movement. He has Aaron Rodgers staying with the Green Bay Packers, and he has Baker Mayfield ending up with the New Orleans Saints. Wow. Dennis Allen's on his way out if that's going to happen in New Orleans. Baker was all right with L.A., but I don't, I don't think he's going to be an above-average starter the rest of the way out. I mean, we saw it in Cleveland, eh, and then we saw it in Carolina, and it was worse. Then he went to L.A., and it was 
okay. It wasn't great. It was okay. So if he's going to be the he was good in L.A. Or... Hold on. Baker was good in L.A. A small sample size, but he was good. I mean, hold on a sec. Let me let's go ahead and bring some stats up to confirm whether or not that was good. I mean, it was they, good. He was good. He looked great for a, a couple games points. there. All right, let's take a look here. Here he is with the Rams. He makes he appears in five games. He makes four starts. He completes 63% of his passes. He throws four touchdowns in five games. He has two interceptions. Eh. I mean, eh. Am I getting excited about this? Isn't that terrible? Quarterback rating, 86.4. Took 17 sacks. Now, granted, a lot of guys for the Rams were he was, hurt. But. Yeah, he was de- that was a decimated Rams team. I remember in particular the first two games that he played with the Rams, he looked quite good. I, I'm no, not saying it necessarily resurrected because he his got career, off the, but. He got off the bus 10 minutes before the game, and he went out and won it. That right. was the reason we think he looked good. He didn't look good. He was just serviceable. What was he? 13 of 26, 147 yards. No, that's the wrong game. That's the Seattle game at the end of the season. That was not a good game. That first one we saw him in was what? The Raider game? Yeah. Completed 62%, 230 yards, a touchdown, no picks. 17-16 win over the Raiders. There you go. Good job, Baker. Only averaged 170 yards a game. Only completed completed a little less than 64% of his passes. Who's fine? I mean, he he's he's fine. He's fine. I don't, I shouldn't. I don't want to bag on him. I just if the Saints, if that's the answer for the Saints, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's going to go any go very well for them. Garoppolo to the Jets. Oh my God, New York City! Please let mm-hmm. that happen. Please let that happen. I covered Garoppolo almost the entire time he was in San Francisco. There are flashes of greatness, like flashes of the Brett Favre gunslinger with some of the plays he makes. But there are some of the most boneheaded decisions in crucial spots as well. Like, he would be great fodder in New York. Like, we talk about Rodgers being great content. Garoppolo in New York City for the Jets, that would be some electric content. The guy just needs to stay healthy. That's the biggest problem. Uh, he he certainly is a quarterback that has durability issues. So that's been one of the big problems with Jimmy Garoppolo's career. Also, I think we've learned at this point that Shanahan's system, a lot of people can thrive in it. So how much of a step down is he going to take if he leaves that system? That's a good team, though, obviously, with the New York Jets. And you even saw Zach Wilson have a winning record there as a starting quarterback, a that, quarterback that they on. seem so willing to move on from that they tell you with all of their actions must must be awful, right? I mean, he must be abysmal the way that they've treated that guy. So Jimmy Garoppolo, you would think, has to be a step up from that. Like, he's a serviceable quarterback, right? Even if you and I don't think he's a top-tier quarterback. When he's healthy, yeah. I mean, he the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl with him as the starting quarterback, a lot of – I mean, there, there's two key moments in, in that season that come to mind. A lot of people will say, well, it was the running game and it was the defense that got him there. What people forget is there was a huge game – in New Orleans against the Saints. It was the second half of a back-to-back late in the season. I want to say it was early December. They were just in Baltimore the week before, lost in the rain of the Ravens, went to New Orleans. They didn't travel back west. They stayed on the East Coast. They were in this shootout with Drew Brees and the Saints. Garoppolo played a monster game and led them to the win. He was the reason they won. Emmanuel Sanders was huge in that game too. But like Garoppolo, that was a quarterback-driven win. And without that win, the Niners don't go on to get the one seed. And without the one seed... Who knows if they end up making it to the Super Bowl. Now, fast forward to the Super Bowl. If he hits either Emmanuel Sanders on that deep route late in the game or he doesn't overlook a wide-open George Kittle in a crucial spot, they likely go on to win that Super Bowl. So those two misses, 
I can't put the whole blame on him. I mean, Shanahan getting away from the running game late was a big mistake, but Garoppolo has flashes of brilliance that get you excited, but he's also going to make great headlines for some of the mistakes. What does the article say about Aaron Rodgers? Is Rodgers back in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. Come on, Field. Play to your audience. Just doing the same thing that he's always done. He says, Field says, you know, there's little doubt a Rodgers trade could happen, but my gut is saying that he stays in Green Bay and says Jordan Love is still in the pipeline. But I think any time that you have an MVP, that you stick with what you can have there uh, is what Fields is yeah, saying. Uh, come on, Field. You can do better than that. He just couldn't find a good landing spot the, for him. The 49ers... He has as going with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. So he's hedging and he admits I'm that, hedging that, that on this that, one. That's, what kind of article is this? This is a great article. Again, Field Yates has an article on ESPN.com. ESPN, it's ESPN Plus content where he names, he tells you who he thinks the starting quarterback is going to be more for like all minus 32 next season. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. He has Kyle Trask as the projected starter. So he has them huh? staying true to their word that Kyle Trask is the best quarterback in the division and moving forward with my Gator grade. I, I think I'm going to back off that conversation. I haven't really been that negative of Trask. I just think the Bucks are putting a smoke screen out there. But if they end up going with him, I don't want to be in a spot where I spent all year saying it was a smoke screen and then Trask goes out and plays really well. And then I'm on the hook for that smokescreen commentary. I think I'm going to start walking that one back a little bit. I think I need to get a little bit more. I still college, believe, man. I still don't think Trask is the guy, but I don't, I don't want to go all the way. I'm not pushing the chips to the center on that one yet. Yeah, I'm not I saw a lot of talent from him in college. I wouldn't be shocked if he was good in the NFL, but we'll see. Uh, Carolina Panthers. They're the ones that end up with Derek Carr in this scenario, uh, according to Field Yates. What do you make of that? So I, Carolina, like Indianapolis, needs to get aggressive for a quarterback. They have needed a quarterback for years. It hasn't worked out. So like an overpay or an aggressive trade to move up in the draft, I can see that. I can see that happening with Carolina. I believe they're sitting at nine. They need a guy. The owner, Dave Tepper, since he bought that team, he desperately wants a QB. And they've tried a bunch of different stuff. It hasn't worked. Now's the time to go get somebody. So if Carr lands there, it's not going to be a surprise. Um, I think they're going to be very aggressive trying to acquire Aaron Rodgers if he's available. Derek Carr comes in. I mean, they've got a defense there. They've got a defense. They've got some really nice pieces on that defensive side. I'm surprised Steve Wilkes didn't get the look as the head coach. They go with Frank Reich. I don't know. Frank Reich's going to have to learn some things. He's going to have to improve upon that situation in Indianapolis because from what I heard, guys weren't held as accountable as they needed to be in Indianapolis. And the ship was a little bit looser than it needed to be. If Reich improves upon that, he's got a chance. But if players aren't accountable, you're never going to go anywhere in the NFL. Field Yates has three rooks starting next season. He has C.J. Stroud starting for the Houston Texans. He has Bryce Young starting for the Indianapolis Colts. And he has Will Levis out of Kentucky starting for the Las Vegas Raiders. Do any of those interest you? I would like to know how he got to Young to the Colts and Stroud to the Texans. Did the Texans just stay put at two and that was so, the first quarterback off the board or did the Colts move up to number one? Yeah, he has he has the uh he he yes, if he has the Texans staying at number two, he has the Colts uh, the Colts, they said he said that his suspicion is they will not move up the board from number four okay. and will still land Bryce Young. So he has the Colts not moving, still okay. getting Bryce Young. The Raiders taking Will Levis, uh, it, it, he doesn't really... 
That's okay. Really that, tell you what, where here's the situation with the Raiders, and this is going to be fast. If the Raiders don't land Aaron Rodgers or another veteran, you got to look for the Raiders to be aggressive on draft day. I don't know if they're going to want to sit at seven. Now, if you like Will Levis, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, okay, there's a chance at least one of them, probably Richardson, is there. But if you're not high on at least the other three, if you're not fully committed to making the organization built around one of those other three, I don't know if you can wait to seven because you have a lot of QB needy teams in front of you and you got teams that are going to be willing to trade up in front of you because if you don't get a veteran QB, everyone on earth knows the Raiders are going to draft somebody at seven and they're going to be looking to jump ahead of them. So that's going to be one of the more fascinating positions to watch because what happens in free agency is absolutely going to dictate what they do in the first round of the draft. Overall, Field Gates has a lot of quarterbacks staying where they are. Pieces that we've been talking about so far this offseason that could be on the move. He at least theorizes that quite a few of them will not be, in fact, on the move. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, your turn to weigh in. This is when we open up the phone lines to you. We love to hear from you. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. Bring your hottest takes. Eight eight eight. 729-3776. Questions for us. Anything you got. Phone lines are open. We play some caller roulette next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Phone lines are open. Triple eight, say ESPN. If you want to chime into the show, 888-729-3776. Before we get to your phone calls or anything else here on Joe and Amber, we're going to try to earn you some money one more time. Pizza money number four. Let's do it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right. Every Wednesday, we like to give out a couple golf futures, try to hit a big jackpot or so. We gave out one. Remember, these are half unit wagers. So if one unit for you is 10 bucks, you go half unit on this. We gave you Jason Day 30 to 1 at the Arnold Palmer. Now we give you United States Open champion Matthew Fitzpatrick 35 to 1. Great price on Fitzpatrick. Why, you ask? He has not had a good season. So as a result, his odds have dropped. We see value here. He's a U.S. Open champion. That's important because that's the toughest event you'll play in all year. This right here, Bay Hill Club, it's a par 72 that measures just over 7,400 yards. It is one of the toughest tests on tour. So if you can play at a U.S. Open, you can play Will here. well here. Oh, by the way, Fitzpatrick has put up a top 10 in four straight starts in this event. So pizza money number four, half unit wager, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 35 to 1 to win at Bay Hill. Joe, I have to bring this up to you because we haven't gotten to talk about this yet on today's show. And the NFL PA released NFL player team report cards where over 1,300 NFL players provided information about their current club that ends up looking a lot like a report card grading system. So they can grade their clubs in different categories from an A plus to an F minus. We're all very familiar with how that works, right? Coming off of all of our days of scoring. So schooling. So I didn't think there was such a thing as an F minus though. I thought there was just an F. You failed. That uh, was it. 
Yeah, I'm not familiar with Fs or F minuses, oh, uh, but yeah, I'll take yeah, your yeah. word on it. So apparently all of these then players, their responses are pooled together and the club is given an overall grading system grade card. And so here we are. And I want to go through some of these report cards with you. It's really quite funny. I'd like First to jump all, in real quick. I'd like to yes. jump in real quick. Uh, James, how about uh, Miss Thing over here? She doesn't know anything about Fs, but here she is in the sewer of Sports Talk Radio with yeah. you and me. Yeah, I know. Right yeah. down here in the gutter, sweetheart. Yeah. Right in the well, gutter. There's probably a life lesson there, kids. You know, <laughs> I guess don't try as hard, you know. <laughs> so you're going to end lesson, up in the same yeah. place anyways. Is that the lesson? <laughs> The lesson is, uh, it, it, yes, don't get a, a full academic ride to college because you're just going to end up in the same place. Don't uh, work no, hard, so, just bash Aaron Rodgers. Yes, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, for all of you kids out there, please yes, do your best. Uh, stay hard. in school, do your best, work hard. Maybe uh, maybe you'll make it, kids, <laughs> um, better than I did. No, so the Arizona Cardinals, they are at the top because this is, of course, an alphabetical order. They're at the top, uh, but not in terms of their grades. My That's God. for darn sure. So this is broken up. Treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room. The Arizona Cardinals players gave their team an F when it comes to treatment of families. An F minus when it comes to nutrition. An F minus when it comes to weight room. The strength staff, on the other hand, got an A minus. The training room got an F minus. The training staff, though, got a B plus. The locker room got an F. So apparently everything is terrible about being an Arizona Cardinal except for the strength and training staff. Well, except for the people. Look closely at that. The facilities all got, got hammered, but the strength staff and the training staff were rewarded. So those people were obviously liked, but everything else, weight room, nutrition, where you have to spend money, this is not surprising. Bidwell and the Arizona Cardinals, a notoriously cheap organization. So you're going to have those results. Let me point another one out. Another notoriously cheap organization, the Cincinnati Bengals. F mm-hmm. in treatment of families, F minus nutrition, D minus training room, D locker room, C plus travel. Not as bad as Arizona, but you show me two of the cheapest owners in the business and to see these results, not at all surprising. Not surprising as well. The Washington Commanders failing oh. grades here, F, D plus, C plus. You do get an A plus for the strength staff, F minus, D for the training staff, and a F minus for the locker room. What's interesting is that you're seeing with these clubs, particularly NFL players, mostly overwhelmingly tend to like their strength staffs and their training staffs. I'm noticing in terms of the facilities, they're much more critical of the facilities than they are of the people. Dallas Cowboys. It's good to be a Dallas Cowboy. A plus in terms of treatment of families, A for nutrition, A plus for weight room, A plus for strength staff, B for training room, A minus for training staff, A plus for locker room. It's good to work for Jerry. Let me bring this up, though. And I think those across the board are the best grades are the Jerry grades. I think so. But but in travel, they got a C minus. And I'm trying to figure out. So is travel like they fly private. So I'd imagine some of these planes are nicer than others. Okay, I get that. But this probably also includes the team hotel. And yeah. then like whether if you order a movie at the team hotel, do you get charged or does the team pick up the tab? Room service. Some of these teams like Atlanta and Baltimore both got A's for travel. But if you look at some of this, like Indianapolis got an F. Kansas City got an F for travel. I feel like some of it's got to be the plane. By the way, the Minnesota Vikings, I'm realizing, are the team with even higher tra- 
uh, higher grades than the Dallas Cowboys. Oh I'll get into God, that yeah, in a second. But James, what were you going to say? I'm looking at the overview, and it says uh, for the Cowboys, uh, it says the Cowboys trainers are highly graded, but the players wish that there was more training staff. Uh, second, they were, are one of seven teams in the NFL that does not offer players first-class seats for travel. Oh, there you Instead, go. That's what it is. coaches and staff sit up front, and the players sit in coach seats both before and after they play. Coach seats on a private plane, though, right? Is that a thing? I've yeah, never been on a private plane. This is also, not my area of expertise. I, I feel like it's a private plane, like everything's first class. How does that I work? Don't, I don't think you're going to have a window, a middle, and an aisle like the rest of us jabronis that are Maybe traveling around. Maybe they do. Around. Maybe it's like a regular 747, There's no but way. it's just private because they are just taking it. They are chartering it, and that's the only thing that makes it private. Sure, Maybe it's a regular plane, not an actual other. private plane. You're not going to squeeze three O linemen in window, middle, and well, that's aisle. True. Like, that's true. You're going to have happening. a gang. Yeah, you're going to have a gap. Yeah, for, these guys aren't traveling like us. For the Chiefs, uh, they're one of six teams that still make certain players have roommates. and uh, So that's part of the reason why they're uh, Oh, yeah, I'd be so angry low. at that, too. Like, I yeah, but I mean, what are you supposed do to do? You go roommates. on the road, you book 400 hotel rooms. You need yes. one for every coach, yes. one for every player. We make that kind of money. You better book me my own room. Ah, yes. I, I mean, that seems book like a lot. 53 of those bad boys. The Minnesota I'd, I'd Vikings. I my own room, but. I mean, the grading yeah. for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I'm shocked uh, across the board. All A's. A, A minus, A, A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus. It is very good to play for the Minnesota Vikings, apparently. That, to me, I don't know. That shocks me. Yeah, they're, the, yeah, well, they're, the, they're the top-rated team in this in this poll. Well, what's the why? The, the, the new stadium is clearly awesome, but I mean, just everything they do is awesome. Apparently, the, the players. They I mean, got a great owner in Ziggy Wilf. He, he's right. flush. The players feel like he is willing to spend money to upgrade facilities and all that. Yep, so, he's willing. That's to put a his, big part of it. Yep. Let me he's throw willing one to put his here. money where his mouth is. The Raiders got a bunch of good grades. If this was still Oakland, and I covered them at the college, oh yeah, this would be the exact opposite. The Very Raiders have B's story. and A's across the board. Vegas has been quite wonderful to that. Well, franchise. and and new facilities across the board that makes a big cool. difference here. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from seven to nine p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.